This is the Create Yourself Podcast. Welcome back to the Create Yourself Podcast. This is episode eight. Today I'm joined by my good friend and manager of my gym here in Silverdale, CrossFit Seven Cities, my man, uh, Philip Berry. What's up, Phil? That's me. What's up? All right, guys. So today we are talking specifically about the questions that you want to know, right? So um, this is a, a pure Q&A. My man Phil is going to feed me some questions. We're going to go through these and I'm going to do the best I can to give them the most thought out answers that I know. And uh, we'll see how that looks. All right, let's start. Uh, let's start softball. Okay, uh, softball. What are you, what are you currently reading? Uh, currently reading a book called Creativity Inc. It's right, written by a guy named Ed Catmill. Um, Ed Catmill was actually the business partner, a business partner with Steve Jobs. They started uh, create create. Or I'm sorry, they started Pixar together. Um, it's cool to just kind of hear his perspective of where he picked up his ideas from, how he modeled his business after uh, what are they called? And uh, he's kind of taken his business and he's crafted it and created it around the image of like how uh, stoicism is. So just very open-minded, likes the group atmosphere. Like their main office is just, you know, a, a round table. They don't have cubicles or anything like that. I think it's pretty cool. And then anything related to Steve Jobs, I always like because I just think that um, quite possibly one of the smartest man ever. And uh, I love to read anything that he's a part of. So Creativity Inc., Ed Catmill, that's the current book that I'm reading. Um, and what was the second part of that question? Recommendations. Uh, recommendations for that. My favorite book ever uh, that I have wrote, uh, read is uh, Start With Why. It's written by a guy named Simon Sinek. Um, what I love about that book is that he always talks about how you know businesses, people, they should have a why because it's more important to know why somebody would do something versus what they do or how they do it. I actually asked that to uh, my online clients, people here in the gym, like, what's your why? What's your reason? What is the, the reason why you are doing something? I don't care what you're doing. I don't care how you do it. I want to know why you do it. And if, usually, uh, if a person has a very valid or strong why behind something, it just makes them able to kind of stay on the straight and narrow with whatever they're trying to do. And then another book that I love is called The Perfect Day Formula. It's written by, he's actually my business coach now, uh, Craig Ballantyne. Uh, you and I are going to his. Uh, seminar that he does in San Diego San in November. Diego. San Diego. Pretty excited about that. I'm, I'm interested to meet him and see what uh, a live event that he puts on looks like. Plus, he's got a whole bunch of great speakers coming too. So, Creativity Inc. is my current book. Start with Why and the Perfect Day Formula. Those are all great books. You can pick any one of those and get something really valuable out of it. Cool. All right. So, uh, another question for you um, on investing what is your what is your best investments or what do you believe in investing in i think people are going to think the answer to this is a cop-out um investing in yourself i think that when you invest in yourself that goes much further than any kind of material possession or any kind of anything that you could possibly give your money to when you invest in your mind when you invest in expanding that and making yourself smarter it's something that it's hard for me to understand when i talk with people and i say hey you know, uh, what books are you reading? What podcasts are you listening to? And, and usually people are like, I don't know. And I'm like, well, what do you do in the car when, you know, you got a 20 minute drive to work or something like that? It just kind of baffles me that people don't want to invest in their mind because uh, I talk about it. It's called time condensing, which is like if you listen to a book or a podcast or uh, shoot, man, read a blog or anything where you can take in information, you're taking information from somebody who's already walked the walk, talked to talk, made all the errors, messed up all these different ways. And then they tell you the story of how they got somewhere or how they did something. 
you're you're literally time traveling. You're they have condensed all this time of trial and error and put it into a book, and you can digest that, and you can take in that information, and you can grow from that. So you can you have mentors all around you. You have mentors. Literally, you go into Barnes and Noble and you pick up a book. That author is going to mentor you throughout the entire book, and they're 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 giving you the ability to literally time travel through information. So I think that investing in yourself is huge. And maybe it is a cop-out answer. It is what it is. But I really think that if you invest in yourself first, it doesn't even matter what, what, whatever else you would you know, possibly give money to. So does that include uh, you know, continued education? Continued education is huge. Uh, at any given time, I'm doing a cert or reading something. Continued education is... It always, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a touchy subject between me and people who have like gone to college and stuff like that because usually somebody will go to college and then they'll get out of college and then they're not even cl- remotely interested in trying something else out or by reading anything. Cause they're like, ah, you know, I studied for four years and I'm like, well, uh, learning never ends. There's always some way that you can grow as a person. And, uh, what better way to get that than from really smart people who take the time, you know, months and years to write these fantastic books and give you, you know, the best information possible from all the stuff that they screwed up. And then they put it in a book. I just think that's so valuable and it's important always trying to continue your education and learn something is a is man i'll spend 400 books a year or 400 dollars a year on books uh without even thinking twice about it so when you say invest in yourself that's sounds sounds almost like 100 percent mental 100 percent mental i mean you develop your mind i i think sometimes people look and this maybe even out of the context of what they, this person asked this question for but when you when you invest in let's say you're investing in a rental property or a piece of gear for the gym or something like that. You're hoping for like most people would hope for like a monetary return from that. Whereas if you invest in your mind, you're going to get 10 times what any small material possession, what any investing in your mind will bring you a much bigger return over time. Um, than something is, as as crazy as, or as simple as a material good or, you know, a piece of gear or something like that. All right, awesome. Yeah. So uh, let's go. Let's move into the the uh, the physical stuff, right? Uh, so how how heavy? Let's talk about kids. How heavy should kids lift? Good question. Um, we do have a bunch of teenagers that train here at the gym. I believe that the best way to go about answering this question is, it depends. Sorry about that kind of gray area answer, but it's it's really the truth. So. And you can probably agree with this too, is that I think when a kid comes in here and they want to lift, yes, we want to make them strong. You know, they want to get stronger. They want to move faster, you know, whatever it is. If they let the load be dictated by the quality of their movement, then they're always going to be on the best path. The thing that we have to remember for our kiddos is that we're not trying to fast track them to fit or to muscular or to anything like that. We're trying, we're looking at the long game. I want this child or teenager to be fit across their entire life. I don't really care how fit they are next month. I'm worried about how fit they are in four or five years. They've got a long, 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 long time ahead of them of being in shape and working out and, and, uh, lifting weights. I don't want to go and ruin them and injure them too early because they wanted to get a, a PR. Really, they should be focusing on the quality of their movement and, uh, I guess how safe they're being while they're in here working out. Well, and you know, there's certain things that you can, you know, you remember being a teenager, you can, you could be told something 
uh, straight to your face, and that's not what you want to hear. No. Um, but, you know, when you're, like you said, you're looking at a big picture. So when you're looking at the big picture, these, these kids have, you know, 80% of the rest of their life to, to add weights to their bar. Uh, yeah. All you're asking for is, uh, you know, I, I can take two kids and one of them um, will focus on nothing but technique. And then the other one's got decent technique. Uh, so we start putting, you know, that one starts putting weight on the bar. Can't, can't just work out with an empty bar. It's just not in their, their yeah, nature. Right. Yeah. Uh, well in five years, I I can tell you that the person that, that sat there and worked on their, their, uh, their technique, like a, like a perfectionist, right. uh, you know, when they're, when it's time to put weight on that bar, uh, that one's going to floor past the other one. And, 100%. uh, one of the best, uh, analogies I've ever heard is, um, you know, most things are, it's like climbing a tree, right? And, there, and there's no shortcut up the tree. No. Uh, but fall. what you're trying to do is climb up the trunk of the tree. And every bad habit or shortcut you try to take is, is a road onto a branch of the tree. Mm-hmm. And there's no jumping to the next branch above you. You have to actually come back down backwards to come back to the trunk of the tree to reclimb mm-hmm. up the trunk of the tree. That's, like, that's a really good analogy. I, I was actually going to, uh, analogy that I would use for that too is like, uh, you know, we take a cup, right? Uh, fill it up with water. At a certain point, the water is going to overflow, right? So that's kind of the fast track. I was like, yeah, you can get a lot of water in there really, really fast. But what if we don't fill uh, the water up as fast, but we continue to grow your cup, right? It's kind of, it's literally the same thing, right? Yeah. We get this huge cup. Now we can fill it up with more water, but that other cup is overflowed, right? So yeah. if, to tie this back into that question, if, you know, the child or the teenager focuses more on the quality of their movement and less about how heavy they are, I, I'm here to tell you, kids, they adapt to almost anything, literally any weight that you put on the bar, they're going to react to it. Their body's just looking to learn and to grow. And if you're challenging it by any means necessary and they are paying attention to the, qual- the quality of their movement, they're going to get gains per se, and they're going to move better, look better, and gain muscle from that too. Man, there's like six hashtags in that. Oh, hashtag gains, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, um... How do you stay in shape when, let's say you have a cold or you're sick? Uh, you know, let's say you're out for a week. What do you, I mean, what do you do? I actually heard this really good thought the other day. Think of your sleep, your stress level, and your current state of health as like a buy-in. I actually told us to Jason today. He was asking me like, you know, really sleeping like crap, having a hard time at work, a lot of hours being worked. So it, struggling with being able to do everything and get into the gym the amount that I want. And I told him this thought, and I heard it recently, and I loved it, and I've been using it with all, my, with all my athletes, is that let your sleep, your stress level, your current state of health be a buy-in for how and what you do. So if you're sleeping four hours a night, then you probably shouldn't be coming into the gym and trying to train at your hardest. If you are really, really, really stressed out, and, or, or even you're sick, then maybe today isn't the day that you come into the gym, one, and get a whole bunch of other people sick. Or two, come into the gym and try to perform at the highest level. Your, your body's fighting off an illness and whatever virus you have. It's going to be very hard if it's trying to fight off this virus and it's trying to repair your muscles in your body at the same time. So I think there's something to be said about maybe just taking an extra rest day or paying attention to your stress level and your like feeling healthy and uh, how much you sleep because they're all factors in how well you're going to perform and recover from exercise. But there's also the other side where like there's something also to be said about maybe coming into the gym still and 
after, as you're coming down kind of on the back half of that illness or you know, maybe you're starting to get your sleep back up or your stress level is kind of going down, but maybe not completely out of the weeds. I think it's still good to come in, get on a bike, maybe uh, like a fan wheel bike or go for a nice jog or do some rowing, just something long and slow or coming and in, coming into a gym and doing their group class, but maybe just taking it a little bit easier, a little bit lighter that day, just so you can move, get some air in your lungs, move some blood around. There's something to be said about that too. But I think at the height of being sick, being stressed out, not sleeping, whatever that is, you definitely should pay attention to just, or maybe just take that extra, that extra day to rest, or maybe take the whole week off, focus on your nutrition a little bit more. Cool, cool. I, um, so we'll kind of link to that one. Um, let's say you don't have time to complete your programming, right? You have a, you have a 12 week program or whatever, whatever program you're on. Um, it's got a mixture of strength and metabolic conditioning in it, mm-hmm. uh, as most do. So, um, you know, how do I come in here and decide, you know, I, I've got three hours of work, but I've only got two hours of time. How do I figure out what I can, can't do? What should I cut from? Uh, what should I focus on? Take that programming and label it as what's most important for you to get or what's most important for you to get finished and what's not most important or what is least important or what is your biggest weakness and what is your uh, smallest weakness and then let that dictate what you do. So when you talk about important or weakness, um, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure I know that you're talking about what is, I mean, because those are all relative terms. So, so how do I just determine what's important to me and what's uh, you know, what is a strength and what is a weakness? Is that have, what does that mostly have to do with my goals? Your goals, always your goals. So if you think that, so let's take, let's take a 150 pound man. He wants to get stronger, wants to have bigger muscles. Well, it's probably least important if on his, if we're talking like CrossFit programming or functional fitness programming, if on that list from his coach or, you know, whoever's doing his workouts, if on that list, the there's five things. There's three things that are for strength and, strength and hypertrophy work. And then there's two things for conditioning or metabolic conditioning, whatever it is. And he's an athlete, again, that wants to get stronger, bigger muscles. And he's only got two hours. Well, that training's probably going to take three or four hours. Then he should start at what his biggest weakness is first and kind of work down from there. And we, so let's take it, look at it like a whole, let's look at, look at a five-day schedule. Maybe three of those days, maybe he doesn't want to lose all this conditioning all the way. Three of those days, he spends the primary amount of that time on, or he spends most of that time on getting stronger and getting bigger muscles. And then the other days, maybe focusing on his weakness. So we're talking five days, three days he's lifting, not doing conditioning, two days he's conditioning and lifting if he has time. Let's see how there's, ultimately, I think we're just trying to tip the scale one way. So we're trying to tip it in the way of his goal, but not neglecting the other things too. Because I'm pretty sure uh, he doesn't want to lose his conditioning but he probably wants to get stronger too. So to be clear, you're saying focus on your goals first, not focus. So, you know, you're not cherry picking, right? No. You're not coming in here and saying, well, I only have two hours. Let me do what I'm good at. Well, in a, in a way, yeah, but only in a positive way, right. because it's like, you know, if I wasn't trying to make out like a funny analogy out of it, if like, you're not funny, bro, I'm not funny. I'm not <laughs> ask Megan. She'll tell you that all day. I think, it is cherry picking though. It's cherry picking in a good way. Like he's picking, the person is picking the things that they need to get better at and spending less time on the stuff that they don't need to get so much better at. Right. But, but that cherry picking versus, uh, 
Oh, we got running I only have two day. hours. I love squats. I can squat me some heavy weight. Yeah. I got squats on my thing. Yeah. Definitely going to put that. Definitely going to spend an hour and a half on that. There's also some gray area there, though, where, <laughs> like, you can't always beat yourself down with the stuff that you suck at. Sometimes right. you got to get... So let's take it another way. You do three days of that stuff you need to get good at. You do one day of the stuff that you're kind of already good at. And then one day of things that you enjoy. You know, maybe it's not even on the programming. You love running in a weight vest or you, you love doing bicep curls. Do some bicep curls because mentally it's a win, which is actually going to help you improve better anyways. Right. Yeah. So balance, balance. with goals focused. Goals focused always. All right. Any question pretty much anybody ever asks me, it's always, what's your goal? It's the first question. Right. Trying to lose weight. What's your goal? How much? By when? How's your eating? There's all these questions that go with it, but it always revolves and circles around that goal. Right. Always. People get so, I'm sure people get annoyed with the amount of time that I talk about goals, but it is what it is. Just, that's how it should go. But we've talked about that before. Goals comes ambition, ambition, motivation. Right. You know, it's just a, it's a, it's a it's stacking the house. What's your goal? What are you doing to get towards that goal? Because if you're not doing anything, you're not going towards your goal. Right. And right. if you don't have goals, I mean, what are you doing? Wasting your time. What are you doing? Yeah. What are you, <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, nutrition question. Um, I know this comes up all the time. Uh, sometimes I just do it in whatever favors the amount of food I want to eat. Uh, weighing your food, cooked versus uncooked. <clears throat> I think what's most important about whether how you weigh your food is that it's consistent. Meaning, if three days, a, three out of the seven days a week you weigh your food raw, and then the other four days, did I do seven? Three days a week, you weigh, your food, you weigh your food raw, and then the other four days, you weigh it uh, after it's cooked. Then you've got some discrepancy with like the consistency of how you're, especially if you're tracking your food, because the, you're right, when you weigh six ounces of meat and then you cook it, uh, that meat is, I, I think I heard something that's like 60% water or something like that, and when you, when you cook that meat, that, that fluid vaporizes and it goes out, and now it's a little bit lighter, and so that six ounces of cooked meat is actually like, you know, I don't know, 5.1 or 5.2. I personally weigh my food when it's cooked, but I do it like that all the time. So there's never, I don't ever have to worry about there being a difference because I've honed in that if I eat X amount of food cooked, that's what my body's going to react a certain way to that. There's no back and forth. Right. So, so consistency, consistency, consistency for sure. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So that kind of, this leads me to another question as well. Um, we've gotten asked this several times. Uh, in fact, I think yesterday we got to yeah. ask this. So, um, best way to figure out body composition, and is it more important to find the best one or to be consistent and get the same one every time? Consistency. Consistency. Okay. If whether shoot, man, you do in body, uh, the the float truck when the body fat truck come, or when you go get into a body fat truck, or you do calipers, or you do the handheld scanner. Shoot, AirPod, yeah. Dexa, whatever it is that you do, as long as it's consistent, you're you're going to be able to see change. Because ultimately, it, it, I'm gonna be honest with you, it doesn't matter what your body fat percentage is. What matters is is it going the way that you want it to. If you're a weight loss client, is that body fat percentage going down and your lean body mass going up? And if you're a muscle gain client, is your muscle mass going up and your uh, fat mass going down? That's what we care about. So what you're telling me is this comes back to goals. Goals and consistency. So. We should call this podcast Goals and Consistency. That's it. It's Q&A, <laughs> yeah. bro. Q &A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what you're saying, though, is, you know, if my goal is to lose weight, to see change, mm -hmm. delta, right? Change. Right. Uh, am I 
you you don't you're not going to see change just because you go to one thing and then you go to another thing and it tells you you lost four percent body fat. Got a lunch. Uh, that doesn't you know what is that what does that even mean, right? Yeah. But if I do the same thing again and I lost four percent body fat, then uh, odds are you could probably see that change and feel that change. Right. Um, so ultimately, like you said, it doesn't matter. But now there's consistency. There's literally blogs of people arguing about what is more consistent or what is the closest to, you know, showing true body fat. Uh, what did, what did what Doc did, say yesterday? What did, yeah, what did Doc say yesterday? <laughs> Autopsy. Autopsy. You want to know what your body fat is? Go die. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's probably that's too much, yeah, but it's real. There's that, no guys. way. Don't, do that. don't go die. There's no way to tell what your body fat percentage is unless they do an autopsy. Am I saying that right? Autopsy. Whatever it is. One of those words. Just go, autopsy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unless you, unless they cut your body open and see what what it looks like. Other than that, we're we're we're, you know, we're shooting up in the air and seeing what we got. So if you DEXA all the time, then you should do DEXA every single time you want to see your progress. If you do the in body every time, do the in body every time. If you do calipers every time, there's two ways to cut that. The same person that did your calipers the first time, the first time, needs to redo it again, and you need to do it in the exact same spots at the exact same time of day. To get the 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 change in your results and things like that. So we need you to tattoo X's on the spots that we do. Tattoo it. And then right there. you'll do them all. And then I'll do it right behind the desk at my gym. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. Uh, first step. So this is this is key. You know, like I've been here before. First step to getting my nutrition back on track. <clears throat> Take a step. Take just taking a step. I had a call with a client today about nutrition and. Uh, I think people get paralyzed, man. They get so paralyzed by the amount of steps that they have to take. And uh, I get questions like, when should I start my diet? What should diet, what kind of diet should I do? What kind of meals and stuff should I prep? If you look at making a change in your nutrition, there's probably 25 to 30 steps there. If you just pick one and you start it right away. Don't wait. I... You and I have had this conversation about being a Monday starter. It drives me nuts. I want to punch my computer monitor every time I hear somebody they would say they want to start on Monday because I know that you're starting your new nutrition or your new change or your new whatever. You're starting it already in an enabling position or an enabling posture because you got to do something right away. If, if I want a Chipotle burrito, hashtag Chipotle, hashtag, uh, that's one of our sponsors. If I want a Chipotle burrito. Thank you, Cody. <laughs> Thank you, Chipotle, or uh, thank you, Cody, for ten percent, zero percent off at Chipotle. If I want to make a, if I want a Chipotle burrito, my first step is to pick up my keys, right? Because I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna walk there, because I don't want to run back with, I don't want to walk back with that burrito in my gut, right? My first step is to pick up my keys. My second step is to get up out of my chair. My third step is to watch, walk to my car, and see how there's just, it's just all these little steps. If you just take one step in the right direction, you're already going on the right path. If you're Let's say you're a, a mighty Navy warship or a cruise ship and you need to change course. Let's say changing course is the same thing as if you want to get your diet back on track, per se. Your first course of action is to change your direction. You don't have to move yet. You just got to change your direction. So to me, that direction change is just taking one of the 5,000 steps that you need to take and do it right away. So if you're looking to get your nutrition or your diet back on track, the first step you need to do is to make a step. doesn't matter what that is. It could be something as simple as going to the grocery store. It could be something as simple as planning your dinner that day. It could be something as simple as 
drinking more water, whatever it is, just take a single step and start heading in that direction. Don't be overwhelmed by the amount of steps to the point where it paralyzes you. Allow yourself to to just take that course correction and to go right in the direction that you're trying to go. Just one step. That's all it takes. One step. Take a step. So I think that kind of ties into, uh, you know, very much the same as, you know, um, who, you know, whether you've had some sort of emotional thing go on, some sort of, you know, whatever the situation might be, but you ended up taking a month, two months, three months off from the gym. Um, you know, how do I, it, it's daunting and, and people think about where they were before they left the gym and, it, and it's very hard to get back <laughs> into the gym. Uh, but again, it's, you know, baby steps. What's that? What's the first step? It's, it's, it's always the first step. Right. It doesn't matter what it is. Your step could literally be packing your gym clothes in your car that day. And then the next step after that, what people do is they look at the 50 steps that they have to take. And it, you're right. It's insane. Like sometimes I have a to-do list that when I, when I have like, uh, to catch up with my online clients or to do stuff at the gym, there's like a hundred things. And I, need, I literally, where's it at? What, while you're looking for that, that reminds me of a funny story of, uh, the, the name will be unmentioned, but they're a member of ours that refuses to let us, uh, close their account down because they want to get back in here. <laughs> yeah, I know you're talking about. And, and I think, I think, uh, one of our other friends saw him in a, a past weekend and, uh, said he, he still had his gym bag packed in his car because he packed it in that step to get, get back in here. But, but there's, there's, there's follow-up steps. So look at this. Right now, I am holding a booklet. It is my wife's flower journal that says notes on it. I do this thing every single night. I call it my top things. I, I mean, there's, there's, I mean, you can see there's weeks and weeks. And what I do is I write down all the things. Fill, you don't finish a page. What do you mean? I fill up a book if I only write no, on man, a quarter Because I, I like, because I'll show you, I'll tell you about it here in a second. All right. So I often like will completely check out mentally with like my family at night because I'm just, my brain is just spinning on all the things that I need to do. And then usually the next day, so I spin about it all night. And then the next day I wake up and I've already completely forgot what I was supposed to do. And then I get to the gym and you're like, Hey, did you do this? Did you forget about this? Like, and then I'm like, Oh crap, I forgot about all this stuff. Um, so I started doing this thing called my data dump and my top things. So my top things, I write down a list of things that I have to do there. And there's, I mean, some days it's two, some days it's three, whatever it is. I keep it on my computer at home. But I data dump. I write down all the things that I need to do. My steps. You got brochures I need to, on there? Huh? You got brochures on there? No, I need to. <laughs> <laughs> so I write down all the steps that I need to complete the next morning when I wake up. And then I write down things that uh, stress me out. So I get it out of my head. And then so the reason why I don't is because when I'm done, I turn it over. And that's, that's me signaling that I'm done for the day. I'm closing it down. Uh, it, it, my wife, I just saw, wrote a note back to me reassure me she shouldn't be reading my journal so you better calm down (laughs) but uh to tie this back in the the steps thing i just if i just knew that i had to do all these 10 steps and i didn't have just something that i just check off one at a time and then two hours later i'm done with everything right if i didn't have all these steps down and just start checking them off i'd be completely overwhelmed and it's it's something that i got from a business coach he's like i'm like you know craig i'm completely overwhelmed i'm really stressed out I'm always paralyzed by the amount of things that I do to the point where I don't do anything. And he's like, dude, you just got to take a step. Just take a single step. How many times you tell me that? How many times am I like, 
Cody, I feel like I got too much on my plate, and you're like, you got it, you got a to do list. Yeah, you know, people think I'm talking crap. This is real, thing. bro. This is this is months <laughs> and months of writing down stuff, and I literally like, what am I scared about? I'm worried about my business. I want to be uh, successful. Um, let's see here. First thing I will program, individual design, lesson plans. Uh, let's see here. I want more time with my family. Like I get these things out of my head because that's what I'm thinking. And instead of letting them paralyze me, I get them out and right. then I close it down. I shut it down. And there's, there's one, there were seven things I had this morning, guys, and I completed six of them. But be, I brought this with me because I know that I was going to forget if I didn't. And it's actually a good thing we're doing this podcast because I forgot about it. But it, it, I would be paralyzed if like, oh my gosh, there's so much stuff that I'm going to do. But I'm going to get all this done today and uh, be good. And I've got it out. And then tomorrow I'll have another four or five things. But it just, if getting back on track, starting your fitness goal, it doesn't matter if there's a hundred steps. If you just start chipping away, man, one step at a time. And in a year from now, you'll be so much more set up. You'll be in such a different path. Every success story you see, every person who does something really cool with their body or their life, you're seeing the end result of five to 10 years of just thousands of thousands hard of grinding, working steps. That's it. Like, you think it, Steve Jobs, you think that dude just got Apple handed to him and he just, could, you know, magically succeeded? No, man, he was in college. He made hundreds of computers that got denied and people laughed at him. They thought he was crazy. He, ruined friendships he lost his company he came back he just kept making steps he started another computer company that failed and then got hired back to apple before you ever saw the iphone before you ever saw ipad and all these things but it's just these steps man you take the small steps it will eventually get you back to where you are so that person who has the gym bag in the car your next step is to drive your car to the parking lot of the gym you don't have to come in yet just drive to the parking lot get that going and eventually somebody's going to grab you out of your car and pull you in. Once that step happens, now the real snowball will start going. Right. So I just ranted. No. I get fired. I need to drink some water after that. <laughs> I get fired up. Because I love this steps thing. Like, if people, like, I lose members of my, of my gym or my online business all the time because they are just paralyzed by the amount of steps. If you are, you know, a 300-pound man, and you're overwhelmed by the amount of things that you have to do to get to that 225 mark that maybe you're chasing, if you're overwhelmed by that, it's because you're looking at all the steps. Instead, your step should be eat healthy today, go to the gym today, check, got that step. What's your next step? Go to the gym tomorrow, eat healthy, drink enough water that day. That's checked. And then 365 checks later, you're a different freaking person, man. So You're different. Right. And so here's a, here's a situation that I'm sure, uh, I'm sure I'm not the only person that's ever been in, uh, but whoever has had that, that buddy that's like, let's start doing this. Right. And you know, whether you both start or one of you starts or whatever, um, you know, 365 days later, uh, one dude's lost 20 pounds and, and gained 10 pounds of muscle. Right. Uh, and you know, you still starting on Monday. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like now, now you're looking at this dude like, man, I could have done that if I had just taken the same steps he did. Correct. Um, so it kind of brings back to the, you know, the Monday starter. You know, there's no no better day than today. And, uh, you, you know, and then by Monday, someone else is already three days ahead of you. I saw something that was like, uh, tomorrow is like a fairy tale land where goals don't happen and dreams fail. And it's like, what a great, yeah. what a great way of thinking. Because t- tomorrow... 
yeah, it will come, but what is different about tomorrow or Monday than today? What's different? There's nothing different. The only thing that is different is you think that that prolonged wait, that all of a sudden you're magically going to be more motivated or fired up. It's not the case. Today, if you start, I guarantee if you start today, the next day you will be much more fired up than if you waited till Monday because you know what? I freaking started today. I worked out today. I went home and had a healthy meal today, right? It's not like, oh man, I binged eated, I eated, aided. I binge ate all week and all weekend waiting to my Monday and oh yeah, on Sunday night I ate half a tub of Ben and Jerry's. No, you're going to feel like garbage and I bet I bet you don't start on Monday, and if you do, because you started already in an enabled place, you're going to fail in a week, two weeks, three days, whatever. Any time I did something really cool, it never came from a Monday start. It came from like a Tuesday at 2 p.m. where I was like, I'm doing this. It's happening. I, I pivot, and we'll call that a pivot. I pivoted on so many different things, and it has brought me the 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 best results I could have ever imagined. Like, what do we start jujitsu on a Wednesday? Yeah. Like, it, I just one day decided I went, I was listening to a podcast on the way to the gym, and by the time I got to the gym, I'm pretty sure I walked in, I was like, we're starting jujitsu. I'm taking that space. And then I talked to my landlord, and I was like, we're doing it. We're buying that jujitsu gym. It was, it was like a weird, random thing where I was like, this is what I'm doing. It is what it is. So, so we're completely tangenting. That's on, okay, because uh, I can bring it back with yeah. this. Um, well, kind of another question, too. Um, so you're talking about jiu-jitsu, and we went to the Gracie seminar yeah. uh, last week. So uh, they had said something that was kind of cool where it's like, why, why is everybody's motivation always strongest for the things that aren't necessarily best for you? Uh, A.K.A., you know, like you see someone, you know, they want, a, they want a new truck or they want a new car or whatever, and I mean, they will bust their butts to yeah. get that new car. But you talk about, you know, uh, I want to be, be, you know, the rock. But they're they're not taking any steps to no steps. to become the rock, right? You know what I mean. Uh, so, I mean, what's what's kind of your thought on that? On like taking steps towards stuff that doesn't matter, right? I mean, just like why 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 as humans are is our motivation focused on the wrong things? I just, I don't know. That's the wrong thing. I think it's the easy things, right? No, it's right. the easy things. Why? It's easy to it's easy to look outward and to focus on outward things. It's really hard to look in. Because sometimes the stuff on the inside is kind of nasty. Like, it, I've looked in on, my, on myself sometimes and be like, you're such a hypocrite. Like, with my, with, I, I'm be completely forthcoming. Me starting coaching people online and trying to uh, grow my presence came from just the pure annoyance of the, bad of the bad fitness and nutrition information out there. I'm so sick of it. It is very scary to put yourself out there and say, like, this is what I think about exercise. This is what I think about nutrition. This is how I think a person's mindset, mindset should be. It's very scary to talk into your phone and to put yourself out there just because the people around you aren't used to it and they're probably going to joke on you. You and I had conversations where I was so scared of that. I was so fearful of like what somebody's going to think of me. But building on that a little bit, doing the things that I'm talking about, sometimes I would be a hypocrite to the sense to where like, you know, I didn't track my food all the time for a while just because it, I had no direct goals of where, no direction of where I was exactly heading. My body was where it needed to be or where I wanted it to be. I paid a lot of attention to maintaining what I was. And, I, and I'd say that my mindset was always about the same. But as far as like 
nutrition and proper movement, uh, quality of movement and stuff like that. Complete hypocrite. I would do whatever I needed to do to finish a workout and to get the reps done. I would do, just eat the most ridiculous things. I mean, carne asada french fries and chipotle burritos every day and just never tracked it didn't really care because my body wasn't changing but it was hypocritical because i'm telling people that they need to eat veggies they need to eat protein fat and carbs every meal they need to track their food they need to move well in their workouts do quality movement and here i am being a hypocrite it was hard for me to look in and be like you're full of garbage you're putting garbage out so the way that I kind of corrected that was like, I'm going to live the exact way that I'm talking. If I'm going to tell somebody to not be a Monday starter and to take steps, then I have to live it and I have to be authentic or I'm a hypocrite. And that was me looking within. It's easy to look out and to put your focus in things that don't matter versus correcting inside. Correcting inside is hard and it requires you to look in deep and ask yourself questions that maybe to people would seem a little silly, but when you really look in and you took a look at that, it makes a huge difference, man. It, because if you, if you don't fix yourself, you can't fix nothing else. You can't fix the outward stuff anyways, or you can't do it correctly. If you fix what's in first, all the other stuff just comes naturally. If I fix me, if I can't fix me, then how can I fix anybody else? Right. It, it's just... Believe, I believe that wholeheartedly and inward looking is hard. So it's you hard. Need to, you need to don your oxygen mask before you help someone else. 100%. 100%. If you don't, not only are you setting yourself up for failure, but you're going to fail other people. It's just how it is. If you're not looking in, in like, man, if anybody listen to this goes and starts looking in, you're going to see some stuff that when you see that ugly stuff, you got to fix that first. You can't, you can't sit here and I'm going to fix, don't even tomorrow start the inner stuff. You got to look in, you got to get in your mind, quit killing your senses with radio and Instagram videos and YouTube videos, do some inward looking stuff. And then you can just enjoy your life and everything else so much better. And that's what I think about that tangent. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Last question. Yeah. A little, a little lighter. Uh, you know, we got kind of dark right then. Right. So I've been, uh, I've been on the macros before. This, this yeah. p- specific situation has never happened to me. But how do I fit enough protein in my, in my macros? That, I'm not kidding, that question came on Instagram probably 15 times. How do I get in enough protein? It's simple. Tracking macros. 120-pound muscular female already lean. That's the avatar we're talking about. Okay, we'll just make that generalized statement. If a woman is trying to maintain her body weight and, uh, you know, she's going to be in a maintenance diet, she's probably going to need 120 grams of protein. The reason people have trouble getting their protein in is because they eat 10 grams in the morning and they try to eat 110 grams at night. That's 120, right? My math is on. Uh, let me, uh, yep, you're, that's about right. you're a smart guy, right? So if you try to get in that 110 grams of protein at night, yeah, you're going to fail. But what if... You eat four meals and you try to eat at every meal. Am I right? Three, six, nine, two, and you try to eat 30 grams of protein every meal. Now that chunk looks a lot smaller, doesn't it? It hurts my head because I, I didn't never have enough, like, I don't have enough room for my, for my protein. Right. So, <laughs> dude, <laughs> I somebody, I've been posting my, my, uh, on my story, I post what my macros are every night. And uh, I've currently, I'm a little bit of a hard gainer. I'm a six foot five guy, 225 pounds. I'm really trying to gain you know, probably what, 15 pounds. 
I really want to put on some weight and just see what that looks like. For the first time ever, I'm not competing, trying to compete in functional fitness or CrossFit anymore. It's a good year to retire, by the way. Because I'm not competing, I'm allowing myself to gain a little weight and try to, uh, talking about goals, more of my days are focused on lifting. And then the other days I do uh, workouts with, with my class here at the gym and stuff like that. But I am currently eating about 280 grams of protein. So when somebody comes to me and they're like, I can't get in 120, I'm like, look at my macros. 280. 280. I had 281 last night. Right? People have been mess- messaging me like, how do you do that? I'm like, I take that 280 and I split it into four or five meals and I do it like that. Is it a lot every time? Yes. If you're having trouble getting in that amount of protein, it's because it's just different. It's not that it's wrong. It's just different. If you're used to consuming 100 grams all the time and then I ask you to consume... Or if you're used to consuming 60 grams all the time and I ask you to consume 120, if we're talking about that female, um, of course it's going to be hard because you've never done it before. It's different. Just chug the egg whites. Chug the egg. <laughs> <laughs> Do it straight Rocky style. Just do yeah. some yolks and some whites in the morning. Yeah. I'm telling you that you can do it. It's just taking that big... So to answer the question very specific, take the amount of protein that you have to consume or that your coach, whether it's myself or any other coach that you may have... Take that amount of protein that you need to consume and just break it into the amount of meals that you eat every day. Because if you miss, let's say you're eating that 120 and in the morning you have 10 and then you miss a meal and then your third meal, you have another 20. Well, that's only, that's only 30 grams. You still got 90 more grams to get in. So if you miss a meal or you miss a spot where you had an opportunity to get yourself some protein, you're only setting yourself up for trouble later. And, uh, and for failure later because you're not getting ahead of it a little bit. So it's kind of like, have you ever, you ever tried to, I'm sure in your time in fitness, you've tried to, you know, do a gallon of water a day thing, right? Yeah. So uh, how many times when you first started, were you carrying that jug around with you all day and then at eight o'clock at night, you're trying to finish mm-hmm. a half mm-hmm. gallon of water? Mm-hmm. And, right? and then you're peeing all night and you can't sleep. Right. It's, it's the, the same so, thing. The same thing, right? Yeah. But if you break that, you know, even if you just do an eight hour window and two cups a, an hour, Right. That's stupid easy. And all of a sudden your gallon of water is gone. You know, let's, uh, yeah, that's actually a really great way to think of it. I'm actually going to use that when I coach people. Sweet. Yeah. Well, that's all I got, man. Well, cool. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, if you have any feedback for us, please feel free to contact me at Cody at CrossFit seven cities.com. You can also feel free to follow my gym online, and that's at CrossFit 7 Cities on Instagram. You can search us on Facebook and find that too. You can follow me also on Instagram at the CF7C Coach. Phil, where, they can, where can they find you at? Big Philly B. Awesome. Uh, do me a favor too. Head on over to iTunes. Make sure you give us a five-star rating. Tell us how amazing uh, that we are. And um, shoot, man, even let us know what you would like to hear. And uh, we'll talk to you next time.